welcome back to Glue Guys. This is Mike Air. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash glue guys, netsdaily.com, The Athletic. And by the way, if you want to, you can still can get 40% off an annual subscription at The Athletic. Brian, the Nets are cratering. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm on day three of quitting cigarettes, Jan 3rd. It's a doozy. It's a, it's the worst day. I didn't even know um, you started so with smoking with cigarettes. Me, I'm a little so. bit irritable. I know. I've been secretly. It's I'm terrible. I'm the worst. It's the one thing I just, <laughs> it's the one vice I just, it always gets me, you know? Um, but anyways, um, and I'm irritable because of the nets. It's just, and, and the holidays are over. We're back at work. Like, help me through this. What's going on? We have irritable basketball syndrome. IBS. Um, thank nice. you very I, much. Like, it took you <laughs> just, I could tell an extra 0.5 seconds to pull that, that pun all the way together. Um, nice done. So yeah. <laughs> the Nets are in a transitional phase as we continue to wait on the reinforcements to arrive. And we understand that one of the prime Calvary members, Karis LeVert, will arrive and play for the Nets finally after seven weeks after being told that he is very close to return to action he is returning to action. He will come back to the Nets. This is exactly what this team needed because they were uh, they first had the eggnog game uh, post Christmas against the Knicks. That was a complete embarrassment. And then you know they continued on, and we had this Dallas Mavericks game last night. We're recording this on Friday, and they were gassed and just couldn't get it done. This team needed. Um, their best players to come back and play basketball because they were they were on the verge of going on a pretty sizable losing streak. I'm happy. This is my take. I'm happy. Carousel Verde's coming back to play basketball. That's a that's a great take. Um, <laughs> are you worried about the fit, Mike? Are you worried about that fit when, no. when he comes back? No, not anymore. Remember that was a. Th- You're not concerned. That was the thing that we were worried about. We were worried about like uh, how is Kenny Atkinson going to manage the fact that Spencer Dinwiddie is playing near all-star level, and then you're going to insert Karis LeVert, and then you're going to insert, hopefully at some point, Kyrie Irving. And oh, you, I don't care anymore because this team cannot continue to play a lineup of John and Musa, TLC, whatever center he wants to play at the moment, Henry Ellenson, Rodion's Caruso. Like we can't, this can't exist anymore if this team does want to threaten in the playoffs and it does want to be there when Kevin Durant does return at the end of the season, which I think he will. You can't continue to be playing these horrible lineups. Uh, they needed like real basketball players to return to this basketball team, and at least one of them has. It's amazing how fast a lineup can seem full of youthful delight and potential, and then immediately just curdle <laughs> in front of your eyes. Like, like, like the Torian Prince like experiment has just begun to like. I can tell people are like tweeting about about him with some frustration. You know, a few others. Um, it's just interesting how that how that happened so fast. Um, do you think that this is going to change? The media is going to readdress that whole, like, are the Nets better without Kyrie uh, meme that they had going, or are they just going to sweep that under the global coastal media lead blanket that they have for carpet? This is, this is the ultimate predictable thing that we, you know, because you and I have not entered into the territory of are the Nets better without Kyrie because we both have the vision to understand that, like, if you have a guy who's currently second in the All-Star Eastern Conference guard voting while not playing basketball, if you have that type of talent that he so inspires 
fans to vote for him even though he's not playing basketball. Um, I'm not really meaning that as a uh, example of why he's good at basketball, but I'm just using it for a funny joke. The, the Nets needed Kyrie Irving. They always have needed Kyrie Irving. If they want to be the team that they think they're going to be when Kevin Durant does come back, they need Kyrie Irving to be on the floor, and he needs to be the focal point of the offense. They super-duper really need him now that I think Spencer is probably just reached a point of, like, it's just too much. It's become too much on him. For all the concern that we had about the offense revolving too much around Kyrie Irving, we've kind of gotten back there with Spencer Dinwiddie, and I love Spencer Dinwiddie, and I love what he's been doing, undoubtedly. But, like, the team has become back to the point of, like, it focuses completely around the point guard with the ball in his hands, and it's just this team isn't – it <laughs> It kind of needs, like, one of the best guards in the league to get back onto this roster and play, and we don't know when that will be, Brian. We have no clue. Oh, it's so frustrating. I don't know. It's just so frustrating. <laughs> it was it is it is like begun to be, <laughs> to be a little bit somebody was like chatting me last night just being like these games aren't fun to watch anymore and i hate when that happens when that starts to happen for people because like it's not just for i think you know i hate to say it it was like something about the david nuaba like those minutes felt fresh and fun and things like that and i mean not that like you know roadie's come back and he's been doing interesting things again thank thank goodness and for him to you know love to see it love to see a man get his confidence back um we're rooting for all of them you know ultimately mike um but there's something like discernibly flat about this team at the moment yeah um, and, I, and I, I can't quite like i'm not gonna like there's not a, a name that comes to mind for like explaining why that is but it just is i think it it really is like there was that weird layoff before christmas and during christmas and then they play that Knicks game and the team was playing well before Christmas, at least relatively well. And then afterwards, again, they make, you know, Spencer made the joke about too much eggnog. But it does feel like energy was sapped from this team with that long layoff. They weren't revitalized by that layoff. They were actually, their momentum or whatever momentum they may have had died. And they've also had a kind of a tough schedule. The Knicks mm. game, obviously not tough. But, you know, they're out west again. They're playing on the road. Uh, Dallas is a very good team, even though they didn't have Chris Stapps. And it's like one of those circumstances where they are a, a victim of scheduling, where like our emotions and thoughts and feelings about a team is all based around the fact that they're playing kind of good teams again. But what you you talked about this as well, it's, a, it's just that like they aren't playing with a certain amount of energy because I don't know if they have that well of energy. And I think that's why Atkinson went – I mean, I know it's why Atkinson went for Rodion's to start, why he inserted DeAndre Jordan into the starting lineup. It's like because he himself realized that, like, this team is dragging. And as a coach, these are the type of things you have to manage in season. You have to kind of play around the lineup if your team's not playing up to the level that they should be playing. And, you know, the Nets were in most of the Mavericks game. And then at the end, it was just, oh, man, I you know, I want to like Timothy. Uh, I really do. And I do like him. I think he I think he's an interesting guy to have on the end of your bench, but the fact that he's guarding Luka Doncic at the end of the game, like those are David Nwaba's minutes. Like if you have TLC in at the end of the game to guard Luka Doncic, you would have David Nwaba in that spot instead if Nwaba was healthy. And David Nwaba is a way better defender, particularly of a ball dominant guard like Doncic than TLC is. Like TLC is a fine guy to have at the end of the bench, not the guy that should be in at the end of the game defending you know, one of the ascendant offensive stars in the NBA. 
Do you think it's because he's not thick in all the right places like Malabo was? <laughs> That's um, exactly because right. Because that thickness might be <laughs> might be fixed with your boy Justin Anderson, who is signed to a ten day contract now to to replace. Well, we should also like say a heartfelt like maybe goodbye to David Wobble. I mean, what's the deal with that? I don't know. Somebody actually emailed about like what is the what is the normal situation with with a sort of a guy that's about to crack a rotation who gets a season ending injury um like like this like do they get first dibs next season or like uh, you know what 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 becomes of David Nwaba is hard to know um, well it feels like for it's anyways, what, it's for now be, he's waived and yeah it feels like it's going to be one of those situations yeah. so he's waived and the Nets technically could have if they kept him on the roster which i think is why they were so strongly considering not waiving him is that if they kept him on the roster then they would have i think they have they have a team option for him or they had a team team option for Nawaba next season but like in the end i guarantee it's going to be one of the situations where like Nawaba still rehabs in Brooklyn like he still rehabs with the team cuz i think you're allowed to do that even if you're not part of the team um and then he just like he will maybe be on the roster next season or maybe just indicated to Dave Nawaba like the minute you get healthy we would like you back um and you know i think he showed enough in the span of time that he played that he's a worthwhile nba player obviously it's going to be different coming back from achilles injury which we are going to see all too clearly with kevin durant but like it is not the end of the david nawaba era in brooklyn i feel like he'll he'll be a part of this team next season once he's fully healthy it's just is obviously now it's going to take you know into mid-season to get him back healthy sure boy dj curfew dc says we should sign Aaron Collin. He's on Periscope. You can also join us on Periscope, too, if you follow us on Twitter, at BK Glue, guys. Um, you know, we're, we're all over the place. We're just streaming, potting left and right. There's really no no way you can miss us. Um, but if you do miss us and you're just on the pot, you can you can join those different streaming outlets. Um, Mike, Darren Collinson, does that, does that uh, tickle your fancy? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think – because already, <laughs> already the reporting okay. coming out is that he wants to be on the two L.A. teams – and if he gets to be on, you know, like if he's on the Lakers, he would get a lot of big minutes on a, a team that's a pretty like well set up or well oiled machine already, particularly for needing a point guard. Or like it just already seems like it's written that he's going to be a Clipper or a Laker, and the Nets aren't going to have the sort of the cultural cachet to come in on the Darren Collison sweepstakes. Uh, I would like him; he would make a lot of sense for mm. the Nets, but also. Again, with Karis coming back and hopefully Kyrie comes back in 2020 at some point, um, you know, I don't, I don't think like if I'm a if I'm a, a guard the level of Darren Collinson, I'm gonna want to come back. But like, would you if you were Sean Marks, would you like give a hard sell and say, Darren, please come to Brooklyn, please consider us? Oh gosh, that's I mean, if the hard sell is like the same price as everybody else, then yeah, sure, why not? Um, hard to want to commit any long term money to Darren Collinson. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, like our, our, <clears throat> well, that's actually, because like once Kyrie comes back, then you, your point, you don't need a third point guard. That's Ky- That's Darren Collinson. It's a rental, you know? So yeah, it's tough. Like, and with the uncertainty surrounding Kyrie, it's really just the linchpin with that uncertainty. It's hard to want to replace, like Theo Pinson is just hanging on by a, a desperate <laughs> little thread. Um, and, and, and like, they're like, he's, oh, he's like playing like, okay, better for P- Theo Pinson, definitely like below league average for even a backup point guard. So they're just like, can we please get through this like next couple of weeks? Um, and I think they, they probably will. And also the Justin Anderson thing, 
seems to suggest it's not like top top priority to get to get another uh, point guard involved um, because he's like. I don't know. Did you watch any of the? I, I did my YouTube clips of Justin Anderson. <laughs> I don't have any super hot takes outside of the fact that his shot looks exactly like Paul Pierce. Um, he just like really like sort of aims it with his with his hand after you know. Yeah, you know yeah, how yeah. Pierce used to do it, um, and he's a very similar size. He just kind of like looks moves like him out there. Um, although probably not going to be probably not as good as Paul Pierce, but that's my comp. <laughs> the headline <laughs> is Ryan Egan colon. Justin Anderson is Paul Pierce. That is the headline in your in the yeah. whatever Bleacher Report. Yeah, notification that's the title of the pod. Um, yeah, that's true. So like, I do remember. Yeah, you know, like, we we've Justin Anderson's been around. Like he was an interesting guy on the Mavericks for a couple of seasons. I remember he was a guy that was like thought of as maybe being a nice three and D player, and then it was kind of surprised me that he was in the G League to even begin with because he has played a number of seasons in the NBA. Um, it's an interesting what's happening because I think John Hollinger said this. He tweeted this out about so it in in coupling of the David Nwaba news of being cut. It's that the Nets are signing Justin Anderson to just a ten day contract. Justin Anderson, if you don't know, was with the Raptors G League team, twenty one points per game, seven rebounds, shooting about forty eight percent from the field and thirty five percent from three, on eight attempts per game from three. So that's you know that's an average three point percentage, but that's a lot of attempts. John Hollinger said this, though, that the, the reason why it's a 10-day contract because it allows the Nets to keep that open roster spot for trades and, and or possibly moving up uh, TLC to the roster once his two-way days run out because the Nets are playing TLC. I'm going to keep saying that because, I it's again, still a struggle to completely say his full name, and that's on me, not on him. Um, but Just lean into the cabaron. Cabaron. Go French. Get all French. Yeah, there you go. But uh, – Cabral has played so much with the Nets that he only can play like so many more games or so many more minutes until he has to be put onto the roster or cut. Basically, like that's how it works with two ways. Um, so Justin Anderson's a ten-day contract. He's essentially, as it's known, is a tryout with the team where he's actually going to get to play basketball. Um, they've also cut Henry Ellenson, as we were talking. Woj tweeted this out. Uh, they're waiving two-way contract Henry Ellenson. And Woj adds this, they're likely to add another backcourt player on a two-way contract or 10-day contract. So the Nets are going to continually play this roster spot game until a trade maybe happens or they catch on someone that they really do like. Um, what I think has been interesting, so I don't know if I don't know if you've been watching the Wizards as much, Brian. Um I haven't missed a game. I haven't missed a you, game. But, you wouldn't believe it. But they they have yeah. hit like gold three different times with G League players, particularly Gary Payton the second, who was like the best player in yeah, the G League. Looking at his numbers, great, a lot of steals. That's a that's a tough stat to come by on fantasy. Right. So like, and he's performed well for them. Um, they this guy Garrison Matthews, who I think is their two way player, but you know you you could you could have signed him to a you know, a full season contract if you're another team, not that you would, but like he's lit it up a couple of games. And they have this other guy, Jonathan Williams, who hasn't really been that good, but he's playing like kind of big minutes, but it's like the Nets need to be exploring that route. While I love Amon Shumpert, they do need to be exploring like the hungry G league player who can add some scoring juice off the bench because those guys are available, whether they're sustainable, 
is unlikely. Like, they don't have that the full season strength to do that. But, like, this team needs a little bit of a jolt before Kyrie comes back. And we just don't know when that's going to be. We have no clue ugh, when Kyrie Irving's going to come back. It is – it's stra- – I'm, I'm – Cheer boy doodling, too, on Twitch says, what do you guys think of Jalen Hands getting called up? Mr. Hands is, is kind of tearing it up or had a couple of big games in the G League not too long ago. Um, is that tempting for you at all? It is tempting for me. Come on. Let's see him. Let's see him out there. Let's see. I want a mm-hmm. full – I want him out there. I want Nick Claxton out there. I want the youngest lineup possible in the NBA. Put them all out there on the floor. Get some energy going again in this team because and, and it's like, been slow. Wins be damned. You're you're ready to to, to suffer all those inevitable L's <laughs> that you're going to take with that. Yeah, for like three minutes. I'm cool with that for three minutes and then just move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's all I'm asking sure. for. Sure. Uh, yeah, are you going to miss Henry Ellenson? Are you are you sad about that? Well, honestly, I'm not going to be that upset about. it, I don't think um, <laughs> he was a little goofy for me. He didn't fit the. I didn't like the. The demeanor. I didn't like, you know, I'm a big a guy for like physical appearance. He had a, like an aw shucksness about him that I didn't. It was like Jim from the office on the bench. I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> but he, but he looked like someone who could be related to Dwight Schrute. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like a perfect combo. Yeah. Of first, like first, first season. Yeah. First season Jim, not like Alpha Jim by the end, who's like, you know, got to start up and everything. We here on the Glue Guys talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness calm the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed up with lebron james to help you train your mind for lebron james sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine he says getting a good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things i can do for my body and mind For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash glue. Unlock content to help you focus, ease, stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash glue. That's calm.com slash G-L-U-E glue. Karis LeVert for just a second. Are you? What are you expecting from Karis LeVert? Like what? Like when he's back out on the floor, how much production are you expecting? Like what are you expecting to see out of him? How do you think Kenny Atkinson is going to be using him? Like, are you are you yourself excited that Karis is going to be actually back playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, yeah. I mean, like considering it was just his thumb that got hurt, I, I hope he's been using his Peloton. You know. Um, Although I know that that's a dicey thing to suggest somebody use, you know, meme. these are topical memes. Um, <laughs> but in his case, I do actually hope he was. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, like I expected him to come right, right back and fill like an immediate hole in uh, a person who is going to initiate the offense. The only thing that I, you know, that still remains unclear is um, sort of where Torian goes. I hate to like kind of re- relate this back, but for me, I would like to see. I mean, I, it feels like the most obvious person whose minutes is like sort of being being. Uh, he's Karis's minutes have been offloaded to Torian, you know, in in his in his wake. Um, people have started to turn on Torian. It's that's obvious. Even in even in the chats right now, I can see multiple smear campaigns being being waged against Portorian. Um, and of course, I'm like completely on board with him. I think his shot selection has been really really an issue um 
But like, it's also hard to say that, like, you know, if he was playing more like 20 minutes, like, or 25 minutes off the bench in the way that he's sort of meant to be and Karras can fill up all those other minutes, um, that that's not a super dynamic sixth or seventh man. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like, a lot of the stressors that we're placing on, on players is just a matter of just the rotation being out of whack because of so many injuries. So I'm open to the – I don't want to start dumping on Torian in perpetuity, you know. I'm, I'm open yeah. to the idea that he's being overworked right now. I think that's the yeah. thing about it is that – so I just want to compare Torian Prince to Alan Crabb, and Torian Prince is three times the player that Alan Crabb is because he, he offers the same shooting prowess because not that Alan Crabb was ever that great of a shooter for Brooklyn Nets. And he offers a little bit more rebounding, a little bit more willingness to switch on to bigger people on defense. Not that Alan Crabb was a bad defender. He actually, that's the thing he kind of linked back to during his bad shooting stretches with the Nets was that Crabb would play defense sometimes. Uh, but like Torian Prince could win you a game where Alan Crabb like very rarely ever did anything for the Brooklyn Nets. So I, like you, don't want to rag on Torian Prince too much, though. I completely endorse the frustration. I understand it and I endorse it because he's just that's who he is as a player. In his DNA is the type of player who can hit seven for ten from three, but also shoot one from ten from three and kind of ruin the game. It's just who he is. It's like we're all gonna have to accept him as a person as he is this player because it's just this is who he is. He's like uh he's an ultimate X factor, Brian. He's the difference maker in a lot of games. Because he's going to put up the shots that he so desires, no matter what, and he's told to do so, but the results are not consistent. Yeah, Brooklyn Brooklyn Merle on uh, Periscope is is saying that shots is the issue. Um, or no, wait, sorry, I'm, I'm crediting the wrong person. Doodling too. Uh, when Prince. Uh, gets hot, he really makes a difference. But last night he missed four in a row, which killed their momentum. It does seem to be a timing issue with like when he when he doesn't do good things. Um, they seem to happen like late in the game, and and um, those just really pop off the screen when that happens. Um, but yeah, anyways, like I the, the issue with with Levert has always been like his relationship, and also to a certain extent Kyrie's relationship with you know budding All Star Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, and what happens when, I mean, here's the thing with Spencer Dinwiddie, when his volume goes up, his efficiency goes up, everything just goes up. More usage equals better Spencer Dinwiddie, which is like a really rare thing to have in a player. Um, but also something that like, I don't know, is that a pattern that we can't do something about? Is that a pattern that's just small sample size theater and we can fix? I don't know. I mean, that's, that to me is like the bigger drama. I just think like the best version of the Nets is... Again, I support fully Spencer Dinwiddie and his rising star that he is, but the best version of the Nets isn't so Spencer Dinwiddie specific, at least at this point. Like I, It's still more of a ball-sharing situation or centered around Kyrie Irving because no matter how good Spencer Dinwiddie gets to be, it's, it's going to be tough to reach the Kyrie Irving heights. Um, and basically Spencer's completely consumed all the usage that Kyrie was consuming himself before his impingement. I, I mean, so I think this is going to be a good thing for Spencer Dinwiddie to it not be so reliant on him because it really, it's like you can see the weight on his shoulders in these last few games of like, I have to be the guy who's going to match Luka Doncic or I have to be the guy who's going to win this game for us because if it's not him, Without Karras and without Kyrie, there really isn't that 
that like what I was talking with an X Factor with Torian Prince. There just like really isn't a guy that's going to pop off to a really huge degree. Like yeah, you can have Joe Harris scoring twenty five points. Yeah, you can have Torian Prince scoring twenty five <laughs> points, but that is again a really hard sort of thing to bank on. Where if you have Karras and Kyrie and Spencer, you're pretty confident two of those three are going to have a good game, and then the third guy will just you hope like maintain some level of averageness. Uh, there, O'Brien. Uh, I'm going to let you in on something here, Mikey. For everyone who doesn't know, I am sitting, I don't think I ex- explained this at the beginning of the podcast, but I am sitting in a car in upstate New York, in Accord, New York, Accord like the car. Mm. And I am podcasting, it's beautiful up here, the Adirondacks, I can see the mountains. I think these are the Adirondacks, Doing a right? little podcasting, doing a little drug dealing, a little of everything. A little of everything. And Sorry. I'm yeah. sitting here without a power source, yeah. and I have 7% power left on my laptop. I'm trying to think about how we should play this, Brian. How do we proceed in this <laughs> podcast? Like you don't you don't have that car adapter, huh? I don't have. I did not. Now it's down to six percent. This is getting to be a hairy situation. Um, so how do we proceed? Uh, we'll do we'll do part one, part two. I don't know. Get a, get a part two going later after you get a charge. Do I don't know if I'm going to get a charge. That's the thing. Um, Oh, how many, it's just going to be dead for a couple of days. I mean, there's nothing to be done, it sounds like. Well, yeah. So how many questions do we have? I know we have email questions. And did we? Um, yeah, of, I can speed through them. You want me to do? Let's speed through them. Yes. Okay. First, from George from New Jersey. He says, boys, from a good friend of the show, I believe you all gave my suggestion that Kyrie play with the second team for a while upon return a short shrift. Um, think outside the box. One, he doesn't need other players to make offense. Two, our second team needs offensive help. Three, it is less disruptive than immediately changing chemistry of first team, which is doing very well. This is an old email. Four, certainly does not preclude Kyrie from finishing the game. I, This is an email from too long ago, but it, it actually is perfect now because <clears throat> obviously the the even the starters seem like they kind of... They need a Kyrie Irving. Everyone does. Yeah. Would you we, agree, Mike? We need Kyrie Irving to play basketball again for the Nets. It needs to happen, and it needs to happen soon. And the, the Nets, and I'll, I'm going to go into this water, even though I have 5% power left on my laptop. Uh, the Nets have done a disservice wow. to Kyrie Irving <laughs> because they the way that they d- discussed his return and that he was practicing or not practicing or doing whatever – it felt like we were on the path about a month ago that Kyrie Irving would soon be playing basketball games. And their lack of information, which is their pattern, their pattern is not to give information on injuries, but their lack of information has left it up to uh, conspiracy theories about why Kyrie Irving is not playing basketball. Mm. We need, like, we as a fan base, it's not just like we need to know because we demand it. No, it's because, like, the if you set no expectations on a return for an injury – like a shoulder impingement, which is not like an Achilles or an ACL, which we all understand are like year-long injuries. No, an impingement, we have no sense. No one has any sense what that is. You have to give us some sense of like, even if you leak it to Shams or whoever, and just saying we expect Kyrie back after the All-Star break. If they had leaked that and said that, given just that little bit of information, then we have expectations. But we don't, so we're all sitting here wondering when Kyrie is going to play. We've understand that he's dribbling basketballs. We see him on the sidelines, sitting on the court, uh, sitting, you know, in the on the bench. He's getting pushed by Kevin Durant in his shoulder. You know, I'm concerned about that. But he's not playing for the Brooklyn Nets on the court. So this is just like I understand this era that we're in, analytics era, the overthinking era that we're in. 
of we're not going to reveal too much about injuries. What's the benefit of that? Well, you know what the benefit is? Is that it alleviates expectations on a player. And what, by not revealing anything, what the Nets are in fact doing are putting more pressure on Kyrie to return or to answer certain questions whenever he's going to come back about, whoa, what took you so long, Kyrie? Your shoulder was just impinged. No one knows what that means. The Nets are doing a disservice to Kyrie Irving. Mike, that was a valiant thing. What I want you to do is I want you to make sure that you close your laptop down properly so that the clean feed link doesn't break mid mid sentence and then we lose all this this podcast material yeah that's my big fear okay let's do it one just, more it just occurred to me so i feel like you're four you're like sandra bullock like in 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 gravity like hurtling through space <laughs> i got four percent here sure? let's do one more sure one you... more one more yeah okay 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 oh god oh god um <laughs> gotta pick a good one oh, um well no <laughs> okay here's a dumb one no uh i need a good <laughs> one um I got one about Chinese rust. <laughs> I got. Um, oh, uh, okay. So this is Rob from Oradell, New Jersey. Uh, hi, guys. Thank you, as always, for the great work on the pod. Thank you. On the trade idea, do you think the weirdness of Ben Simmons is fixed in Philly by him being traded before this year's deadline when his salary goes from MLE-ish to max money? Do you do they really want to pay max money to someone who has a breaking news alert when he makes a three-pointer? Uh, Mike, are we getting Ben Simmons? Go. Yes. The Nets are going to get Ben Simmons. They're going to trade Henry Ellison. Damn it. No, not Henry Ellison. They're going to trade David Nwaba. Damn it. No, not David Nwaba. <laughs> Sorry. That's a bad bit. But uh, no, the Nets are not getting Ben Simmons. Hey, this was a great pod, Brian. 4%. Great pod. Good talking to you. All right, Mike. You make sure you say the link. Hey, everybody, you know, you can you can also just, I'll, I'll take us out. Okay. All right. You want me to take you out? Uh, I'll hit the outro. You want to play the outro music? Yeah. All right. Hit the outro. <laughs> Yeah, boy! <laughs> 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 <laughs>